Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. Hello, I'm Clina Foley, and this is Off the Bench, a podcast about women's sport, which we hope will entertain sports fans of all ages and genders. Uh, our last episode was actually about the women's AFL, uh, women's footy in Australia, because 18 Irish players uh, who play Gaelic football here have moved down to Australia for the early season for Australian rules. And we wanted to have a look at it in depth. Um, and that's the sort of thing we do here. We don't just look at Irish sport, we look at international sport. But then sometimes um, we do look at things in more detail here. But generally, whatever's happening in the world in women's sport it also has a huge relevance for what happens in Ireland. So that's why we like to mix it up a little bit. Um, this season, we're also going to try and make every second podcast a panel discussion. We've had them in the past. We're going to make them a more regular thing. Um, and we're starting off today and we have two guests in for our first one of the year. And that is Emma Duffy and Ashing O'Reilly. Welcome to Off the Bench. Thanks a million, Leela. I threw, the, I threw them a bit of a curveball because I didn't realise they were live on the they were live on the telly today. And the, I just learned what an, uh, uh, what is it called? A move. I just learned what a mua is. So do you want to tell us what a mua is? Makeup artist cleaner. It's a so makeup artist which I've never had. For the next day. Yeah, Emma came in and said, <laughs> oh no, you should have told me I would have got a mua. And I was like, what the hell is a mua? Stop. <laughs> she never goes anywhere with that one, apparently. Um, Emma is a really, a really good sports writer with the 42.ie uh, online here. So if you're watching from abroad, do uh, have a look at uh, her work and all the work on uh, 42.ie. They do brilliant work there. And Ashling is of this parish. She works yeah, here yeah. in News Talk and uh, is also involved in a, in a podcast herself in Gaelic Games. So she is really interested in the whole area of women's sport as well. So we've lots to chat about. Um, and I suppose um, the one of the things that caught my eye was, I suppose, was the fact that a major international soccer player in Ireland has come out of retirement on your garment. And Emma, maybe you would talk about why this is of relevance and importance. I suppose obviously a huge story during the week. There was kind of no word about it until um, the squad announcement the other day. I actually was out there in Abbottstown myself and it was just mentioned a minute before the tweet went up. You Literally? Know, yeah, wow. pretty much. And yeah, the tweet, Yeah, the tweet went up and then, because we were just trying to guess who who would this, you know, big name coming back, who would it be? Anyway, it turns out it was Anya Gorman. And I suppose it all kind of makes perfect sense. You know, she's only 30. Yeah. Um, 100 caps to her name. There was always nearly a little bit of a feeling that she could come back. Mm-hmm. She did she a podcast actually yeah, with the 42 with Paul Dollery in there and she kind of didn't rule out an international return. That was only a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was always nearly a feeling that she might come back. I suppose at the time, work commitments was a big thing. She's a PT down in Wicklow and I think it kind of nearly came to a natural end that okay, done with this major tournament cycle. She yeah, stepped away. trying to qualify. Exactly, Karen yeah. Duggan stepped away. It yeah. kind of felt like a natural thing for her, I'd I, say. I've seen, I've seen their club is Piemont. I've mm. seen them playing for Piemont in the, twice last year. And I mean, the way they play, you know the two of them could still be playing internationally. Absolutely. And I, every time I saw her, I remember thinking, God, why is Norna Garman still playing for Ireland? She's unbelievable. Like, yeah. She really so is. It's, that's one of the things is, first of all, it's great to see her back. Secondly, she's back in a slightly different role. Mm, she's been yeah. picked as a defender which I think yeah, is really interesting so yeah obviously Megan Campbell we saw the news yesterday that it's uh, another really bad long term injury the Irish defenders that's terrible yeah, horrendous because you know she had a really long stint with her ACL and ankle injury before and I remember speaking to her I think it was last summer um, the head of the Women's World Cup and she was saying that you know she was at a point where she was thinking the last injury is this really for me is football for me like if this keeps happening to me and 
here we go again. Yeah. She put up a really good message on Instagram. Yeah, I, I saw suppose. it actually. It's only just out. But but the one thing that struck me as well, Ashling, was um, with Anya Gorman, and it struck me a little bit with GA players as well, is do women retire too early? Yeah, I suppose like sh she always talked about she sacrificed a lot for the pitch. So I think it came down to that for her. She just said, mm -hmm. I need to concentrate on other things. And I suppose you'd wonder, why does it get to that stage? Yeah. When for men, it's maybe the goal is to keep playing as long as possible. Yeah. But sometimes for women, it's you're constantly looking at, oh, do I need to have another work commitment to keep myself going here? So is that because they're not professional, do you think? Is because they're not living that same professional lifestyle? It's I, hard I think it comes down to that, yeah. She just wanted to have other things going on in her life as well as mm -hmm. she could play her club. But she had to do her PT and all that as well, along with it. And I think it just comes down to that. And yeah, like it's great to see her back in now at 30. And like it'll be exciting to see if she does feature, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So obviously we don't know yet if she will or she won't. But she always said she'd never rule it out. So well, I can't to see, see her back in. You can't see Vera Powell, who's the new international manager, who's obviously persuaded her to come back. She saw yeah. her playing in the cup final she last year. She, saw, back, like, she yeah. asked her back. She, she, she actually went after her. It's hard to see her bringing her back and not using her, as you yeah. said, they've lost injury. But it also raised that other question for me, Emma, is, 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 is that notion, because I think we see it in GA. I would say that, do you remember the, the Irish, the Cork women's team that won mm -hmm. 10 All-Irelands in 11 yeah. years? I think a load of those retired too early. And Breach Corkery came back out of retirement, if you remember. Yeah, after. But moment. I would say Geraldine O'Flynn, there were players like that oh, I, I could have watched for years oh, and I, I think they could have gone on. Yeah, that's do you the think thing. That? I, definitely, 100%. But I do think nearly it's like, so, like something ingrained in the psyche or something. It's just yeah. like a cultural thing that women, okay, they get to a certain age women want to have yeah. kids um, exactly you know, want to progress their careers that kind of thing mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. you know and you see that I suppose we were speaking about Bevan Parsons before we came on air and she's kind of stepped away from the Ireland squad for the Six Nations the because of her leaving search. The very yeah. opposite. The, very the polar opposite the exactly polar opposite. but I suppose there is that kind of thing that there is more to life than sport and you know girls are thinking about life after sport already but mm -hmm. I think that's because most for most of them they don't have an opportunity to Big play time. sport professionally of course yeah if Isn't it was it? if they did have that option I think we would see a lot of the girls staying on yeah you know we have to have that in your head like oh I want to have a family or I want to have a, mm -hmm. like a career I want to have I want to have money to my name. I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And yeah, yeah, it's just the main problem. And, I think the, and having children is definitely an issue because I don't know about you, but like I would have spoken to a few inter-county players in recent years and I, they would be retiring and I'd say, why? And they would on the QT say to you, I want to have kids, I want yeah. to have kids and I don't want to leave it too late. Exactly. Um, and usually you meet them and they they get pregnant very quickly after. So a few yeah. of them have got pregnant very quickly after. So it is a factor. There's a physiological reason there. Like it's turning into kind of nearly a more and more young person's game as well because you see like even inter-county teams so Eight many times. of the it's girls crazy. are you know yeah. just out of school it's still in school just mm -hmm. out of school in college um, and then it comes to a point where a lot of girls go oh god right I want to travel or I want to you know yeah. develop my career and I can't yeah. w play football while I'm doing that and that kind of thing so I think they're kind of 
it's, come the point yeah. like where it's they different, come to a crossroads. It's different yeah. for girls than boys yeah. in this area. It does definitely mm. seem to be. I was really interested in Kim Kleister's coming back recently. So, I mean, at one, at one stage she was such a brilliant tennis player. Mm-hmm. She was the world number one in doubles and singles at one point and, you know, won multiple um, Grand Slams. But she came out of retirement twice, in fact. So she came out first when she ha- after she had her first child and then she went out. But even when she came back recently and she came back after seven years and it was really interesting because she said that when she was away she really wanted to play and her quote was but but I kept thinking my life is here now with my three kids mm. oh God, and I yeah. just thought would a male player be thinking like that and I don't think that they would so she's come out of retirement her children are 11 and 5 and 2 and she thought because her 2 year old was now going to play school and crash that she could manage it so it's interesting that she came back I think at 36 um, to come back to play and we've, we haven't seen it too often in even in women's no, Gaelic no. but but it Beach is Corkery Beach Corkery is the one that yeah. sticks the out lovely photo yeah yeah that was a brilliant <laughs> photo of our little baby in the yeah. cup but it does it, it does interest me because definitely so there might be biological reasons but the fact that they can't make a living out of it as well and I noticed Anya Gorman saying that she was saying I gave 12 years to it mm. and you know that means she started very young. She was about twenty eight, I think, when she when she she stopped it. Yeah, retired. Football. And yeah. she had hundred caps as well. Hundred caps yeah. as well. What so that just shows, out. like, yeah. Yeah. So brilliant to see her back. But it does bring us the Bavian Parsons one is really interesting. So for anybody who doesn't know, Bavian Parsons is a brilliant, brilliant young Irish rugby winger. Um, it's still still a teenager, still in school. Um, two years ago, I saw her. November twenty eighteen, she came off the bench in Donnybrook Island. We're playing um, USA in a friendly, and she came off and just the whole place came alive mm-hmm. she's just a fantastic she's player lightning, she is yeah. lightning but also she has all the moves as well she's just a really talented she's such got, an athlete like isn't she build or you'd never yeah. think she's 18 yeah years she old. is she's no, fantastic so she's able for physically able for senior rugby mm-hmm. but she as you were saying um she has recently uh pulled so she played the first two was it the first two, yeah, the six, first nations two games? six nation games and scored two unbelievable tries oh, ran yeah. the length of the pitch in yeah. one and danced around three or four players in the, the other the second one was a Amazing yeah. against Scotland yeah, and Wales. Um, fantastic. But then it came out after the game, the IRFU released a statement that she was to sit out for the rest of Six Nations because of her leave insert. Um, and Adam Griggs had sat down with her and her family. Um, she wants to do medicine in college, I think. So that's mm. another big thing. Obviously, the errors of study she has to put in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a huge loss for Ireland, absolutely, because she's insanely talented. Um, but then again, you have to s- look at the bright side, I suppose, on Sunday. They did as well as they could yeah. against fully professional all-conquering yeah. England. Yeah, I know, and that's an interesting one as well. Mm. Um, I was curious, like I, when I looked at her, I remember thinking, again, you wouldn't get a, you wouldn't get a 16-year-old boy making his debut for Ireland because mm. because for many many reasons it's not a professional game um, physically the, the differences I suppose would be but at, at, as you were saying physically at, at her age she is yeah. able for the senior game well able yeah. yeah sure she made her debut 16 wasn't it yeah. So yeah she's had that two years now and just physically she's in amazing shape and I spoke to her actually in Energy Park there after the the Scotland game. After the length of the pitch try. After the length of the pitch try. One end of the pitch to the other. And she was just buzzing. And I was like, is this your dream? It's like, this always been the dream. She's like, this has been my dream. Like always, I've always wanted to play for Ireland. And she was like, I was like, run through your week with me. Like, I was like, what do you do? Like, how is it going to school? And she was like, yeah, like I'd have to get up at, you know, six or whatever, go to the gym 
school, then we go to the gym after school again. And this is probably a lot of her own stuff she does. And then a weekend, then she's training or she's playing for Ireland. It's probably exceptional for a girl. It probably isn't exceptional for a boy. If you know, if you're playing schools rugby, that's probably what they're doing. Yeah. But it is exceptional for a girl. The thing I wonder about, though, is like, should a 16 year old be playing senior international? Should they not? Should they should there not be under 20 internationals that they should be playing in? Yeah, in? That, I think that's my thinking on that. it, actually. Yeah, there isn't that for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there was, it might be might be different. I, I always say like, I, I love to see someone young coming on and playing at that level. But yeah, if they did have the 20s or whatever, they, they could play. It, it'd be a lot better for their development for it'd school. Be easier for them to make, yeah. It'd be easier for the ones who weren't so super, super, super mm -hmm. talented to make the transition, wouldn't Develop. it? And it's what we're missing at the moment. Yeah. You know, that we don't have that level for girls. And that's where, where the RFU need to develop. They need to develop under 20 squads. Mm -hmm. And I know that's an argument being made by a yeah. lot of senior players as well. Um, and there was, a, a, Alison Miller had a good article before our Six Nations game there against England. Yes. Did you read that? It was really interesting, really good piece in the Independent. Um, um, I think it was last Friday, one of the days before the England game anyway, and she kind of just argued the point that it is, it definitely is time to think about the Ireland women's team, the 15s going professional. Yeah. Um, and I would agree with pretty much everything Alison and said. And what, what was her argument? Um, you know, she kind of just said that she, as they're not professional, they're trying to balance full-time jobs yeah. with training, with international rugby. Yeah. Um, and I suppose you can't expect them to compete with fully professional teams when they're doing that. Like recovery is huge in sport. Massive. They're not, get, not getting a chance to even sleep their eight hours, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're straight yeah. into work the next morning after a game at God knows what hour, into hospitals, into yeah. clinics, yeah, this, nurses, that and the other. Doctors, yeah. teachers, solicitors, whatever else they're doing, mm. students as well. Yeah. It, it was interesting. Last year, they got a terrible transfer by England. I think it was 51-7. Yeah. This year it wasn't as so bad, twenty-seven nil. But yeah, Alison Miller's point was, is, yeah, they only heard him. To, but the, she was her point was even before the game, she wrote a piece saying, um, they're competing as amateurs against professionals, yeah, and if we want to make this leap, if we don't want this to be the scenario, and if we want to start actually having a chance against England and France, you've got to try and look at it. And the sevens game here is semi-pro professional. There, there is money for it, so it is yeah. doable. Like yeah. So her argument is it's doable. She had a great line. She said, "The cynic in me." isn't hopeful yeah. but sevens have contracts so it is doable exactly. that's exactly yeah. the line she, she had used. another great line i can't i don't know it exactly but she kind of just said that you know in reality they're women with full-time jobs and they just play for their country at the weekend like yeah. and when you put it down as simple as that that's what it is absolutely what it is and, and you see the score as well like 27 yeah like yeah you know they were without bathing and yeah. then Lindsay Peake got well, injured Lindsay earlier injured, on yeah, yeah we send her our best wishes yeah, of course Lindsay yeah like Sene as, as well, mm. Sene as well. Yeah. and like they're huge voices huge yeah. experience and you know when you lose a player like that in your team yeah things do fall a bit so I Oh, geez, I imagine they had a full, fully fit team with Bevan. Like you, do you know what I noticed? Do you know what I noticed? The people we have our Irish players playing in England, and they're playing very well at the mm -hmm. moment. So I think it's yeah, really interesting. Clean Maloney, Anna Capeless, they are playing really well at the moment, awesome, and they're in England yeah. playing in a sort of a semi-pro for what's semi-pro for them. You can see that they're playing at a level and training at a level that it's making a difference. Exactly, so and their standards are up. Yeah, know, yeah, definitely. Nothing less than that. But yeah. I think a big thing as well, obviously, is across the board in any sport, success, like with success, brings momentum and brings exposure. And that's what, you know, the younger generation, they want to look at girls going out and winning yeah. Yeah. and doing well. And then that just, it's just like, 
so the so international result you were saying matters Emma yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. I think so like obviously you know you saw they got two opening wins and that yeah. was huge everyone got behind the team everyone knew what to expect with England but if you know say of Ireland if the Ireland women's team were fully professional could absolutely go and put it up to England say beat yeah. England then it's three from three and yeah yeah you know, and what does that do for the younger kids exactly what does it do for their own confidence as absolutely. well um, Alison had another great line and this was her point as well it's what you're saying as well she was saying um I've had a few coaches, she said, who forgot that we were amateurs and ran us into yeah. the red. And I thought that was a really interesting line. So in other words, sometimes even the people coaching them forget that they're not the same as the men. They have jobs. Mm -hmm. They, they, you know, they're coming in at weekends for camps and stuff, but like they're not getting the recovery and they're and they're juggling, juggling yeah, with other things. Like that's the that. thing. They're giving it exactly what the men mm -hmm. give and more. And, you know, what the women are doing is absolutely phenomenal like if yeah. even yeah. you were speaking there about Baven's week you know yeah you think of school gym My all God, that I don't know how she had a minute like. absolutely they're giving it the same and more, if not more so the question so. I always think is if if it needs to go pro what needs to happen where does where does the money come from and everyone always says well women aren't making the money you're not drawing in the big crowd yeah. our, our, our argument here on off the bench sometimes is, is that they need help maybe in this to start to create a momentum to bring in those crowds and also to bring in sponsors it's really interesting i don't know whether people know it but like the women's six nation is not sponsored by guinness the men a couple of years ago la i think it was 20 uh 2019 to 2024 guinness have sponsored the six nation 50 million they're putting into the men's game they're partnering with the women's six nation but, but they're not, not actually sponsoring yeah. it and that's really interesting so if sponsors aren't willing to put the money into it um, how can you grow the game? Because we we've seen you've both seen with with uh, women's Gaelic football yeah, how a big sponsorship, how uh, promotion on TV and through all kinds of projects that has helped the game to develop. So like there isn't the money there. And uh, I I I was looking at I came across something in um in in English football in women's football yeah, in England. Yeah, I thought it was stuff. really interesting. Um, uh, 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 the the comparison between this is a comparison between the FA Cup in England and the women's FA Cup, right? So the the winners of the men's FA Cup in England get three point six million. That's the winners get three point six million. And the winners of the women's FA Cup in England get twenty five thousand, right? But if you even go right back down to the extra preliminary round, the very, very start of both both competitions, if you win a game in the men's, you get 2,250. If you win a game in the women's, you get 300 quid, right? But as it goes, as you as the Goes competition down. increases, the percentage that women get of the men of uh, that would be equal in men's, it actually gets smaller. So in those in those preliminary rounds, for example, in the first round qualifying in the in the FA Cup men's, you get four thousand five hundred for winning the game. In the women's, you get four hundred quid, which is nine percent of the men's, right? But by the time you get up to the semi-finals and the final. Um, the winning semi-finalists get 1.8 million and the women's women's semi winning semi-finals get five grand. And so it's got it gets down to like one percent. It just goes the opposite and then way. Isn't that really yeah. interesting? Madness, yeah, isn't it? yeah. But it just shows how much money goes into the top end of men's sport mm -hmm. and how far women are behind it. Behind it. I, it's so interesting to look at it when the figures are there like Seeing that. Seeing it black I and white, actually, I got a bit of a shock. Yeah, I didn't completely understand the, the complete disparity myself yeah. until you kind of look at it like that yeah, yeah like I knew obviously it was massive but 
just one percent. We we have women playing like we have women now playing soccer in England and they're playing in the women's super league right now. Women's super league only started in twenty eleven, right? Last twenty nineteen was actually the first year that the winners the that the teams in the women's super league got prize money. Mm -hmm. They never got prize money even in those first years, and now the winners I think um, the the winners of it get there's a prize pot of about five hundred thousand quid. That's all. And the men's is like zillions and millions, yeah. yeah. And even the Women's World Cup, I was just looking at it. The prize fund for the Women's World the Women's World Cup last year was thirty million, and the men's prize fund for the World Cup in twenty twenty two is four hundred and forty million. Jesus That's Christ. the difference. So, um, so there's a long way to go. I know there's always this argument about well, you're not bringing in big crowds, but it's the it's the difficulty in trying to get crowds or tre- the, like the Six Nations is a classic example of it. They're selling out where they're playing now. Mm. They're creating crowds. Yeah. But yet there isn't a major sponsor. There, right? There's no title sponsor. Like Guinness are involved, but they're not a title sponsor. Women's Six Nations has no title sponsor. Yeah. Isn't that mad? Yeah, I think it's just maybe how it's marketed and promoted, maybe. Do you know, if we could look at that. And I know with the 2020 campaign, of course, that's what it's doing. You can see the yeah. visibility. It's, mm-hmm. it's so much more visible, you know. We're hearing about the games. We're seeing a lot more, you know, it's covered more. So I think if the promotion and the marketing of it all was looked at a bit more to pushing it out there more, then maybe a sponsor would say to themselves, okay, I'll jump on here because my brand is being seen. Yeah. Do you know, well, I don't I, know it's just I think I think you need to I think sponsors need to need to have yeah, the courage of their so. own convictions. Like, of course, like yeah. we're we're gonna see now um um the women's soccer have two qualifiers coming up, haven't they, in yeah. March? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so Greece next. Greece, Greece is on Sorry, March the fifth. And Montenegro is March 11th. So Anya Gorman is technically back in the squad for yeah. those two big important games because Ireland are unbeaten and they're qualifying so far. But like, the se- it was a sellout for the last one and, and technically it was yeah. a sellout. I mean, there were it wasn't full because they're season ticket holders in Tallinn. But the rumour is probably that these that the, the next home game, uh, March 5, will be a sellout. So if if people are looking at that and they're going, well, if they're filling the place, well, then why wouldn't a sponsor get behind it? And they have, in fairness, in, in the FAI, with three have come in and there and they've done well. But you have to, somebody has to take bite the bullet at some yeah. point. You have to trust it. It's a bit like Lidl. Yeah, you know, they absolutely. They created a lot of the interest. And the other thing that interests me, Emma, is when sponsors put money into women's sport, half of it or some of it goes to developing the yeah, game. Yeah, I know. And that's happened in the English Super League. Like there's something like, I think there's a 10, mil, a 10 million deal um, with uh, the Super League, Women's Super League Barclays, but it's a three year deal for 10 million. But most of that is going into go the development. Yeah. Schools programmes, club programmes, that kind Absolute, of thing. Absolutely, and like I understand obviously, grassroots has to be looked after as skills and that's where it all comes from, I suppose. But if you're not getting it at the top, yeah. you know, what hope do we have at the bottom? But like, you know, kind of going back to the argument about going fully professional. But if women's sport is to go professional, fully professional, it has to be funded properly. The like, money you know, has to come from it, it has somewhere. to come from somewhere. And my argument is, why is it not also coming from the men's side of the game? If they're really serious about building their their women's side of their club or the women's side of their and sport. And this whole going under the one umbrella thing. Yeah, yeah, well then maybe you have to sacrifice a little bit of your money mm-hmm. and, and try to build it up. Because the one thing that money, that, that sponsors aren't going to be funding in men's sport is they're not really funding the development end of it. They go straight in, to the top. all the money goes into yeah. the top. And TV money, TV money, 
we have, we have this argument I know you thing as well about charging charging more even maybe internationals yeah. why aren't we charging more for women's internationals we have to get money from somewhere yeah, you know absolutely. to make it professional yeah. it is interesting um, we're into the GA season um, totally amateur even more I would say even more amateur because they play all year round yeah. you know the, yeah. the, the women's rugby season is shorter so both of you are covering it and looking at it all the time has anything jumped out at you um, Ashling? even from the start of the season we're in the early early weeks of them already yeah, early weeks. Um, well, Cork are going well with four from four, so that's good. Um, you'll be seeing them push on now, I'd say. Are we ladies football or camogie? We're ladies football, ladies football. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then I suppose the more shocking one is probably McMahon's Dublin. So, yeah, normally would see them always Three pushing. Three-year-old All-Ireland champions. Yeah, so maybe they're feeling the... The missing Sinead McGoldrick and Eve McAvoy. Yeah. Yeah, is he, is he using it to experiment as well at this time of year? I think I so. I think so, yeah. He will probably probably just look at it. Maybe it is the league and he's you know trying out a few things. But at the same time, it is quite yeah, shocking. I think like, it was a huge win for Galway, I suppose, to get one up massive, on them. massive, yeah, massive time. Um, yeah. But like, if you look at Dublin, they're without Lauren McGee. She's injured. Massive engine in Big the team. All on yeah. Carey as well. Yeah. I think she's taken the year out and she's... Yeah. You know, everything goes through all when then obviously Lindsay Davy has just come back. Yeah. Sinead Ahern, the Noel Healy, he's waiting on that's big right, names. That's right, these big yeah. names is true um, in Australia. There is absolutely. that. Absolutely. So there is yeah. that. But then Cork are the same, they're waiting on the O'Sullivan yeah. sisters, but the depth of their panel is unbelievable. Right. I did a piece a few weeks ago just kinda looking at who'd come back and you know, he was still there and Roisin Phelan's back, yeah. Marie Ambrose is fully fit, like they're flying it. Yeah. Um and I suppose the fact with the ladies football it's the same with the Camogie. I think it's a straight final this year. There's no semi-finals. There's no semi-finals, yeah. which I which think is, is really, really strange. Yeah. I can't, I can't <laughs> understand why there hasn't been more about this. Yeah. yeah. There's no semi-finals in either of them. Absolutely. And like that's the that's thing. Mad. So Cork in the ladies' football, I suppose Cork pretty much have their final spot secured. And then it's looking at the minute it's going to be Galway. That's what it's looking like. It looks like it. Um, but they, that has the potential to create a load of dead rubbers later on. Absolutely. People yeah. who are not interested in the right place. Yeah. yeah. But like I remember even I was speaking about this with someone yesterday and you know the way the last few years they've done the semi-final double headers and with it's a Division been, 1 and a Division 2 team. Yeah. And, and it's, like been, it's been, it's been really good. Brilliant. It's been really, they're Remember some of the best Cork games Cork Dublin last year went yeah. to extra time. We play extra mad, time the whole absolutely. lot. Um, I don't have, is there any reason actually why there's both of them are going to straight finals? I don't know, maybe it's just a, uh, maybe less games for the girls. I don't know what the main reason is. Any sense yeah, to I, d- I don't know. I, I yeah. don't really know the reason. I, the LGFA kind of just came out and said, no, it's just going to be a straight final. And it doesn't seem to be a calendar issue anyway, because there's, there's such a gap time. between the league and the provincials anyway. Yeah. Mm. Look, if you look at the likes of Dublin, if they're leaving, you know, if they don't get into a league final, have a massive they're going gap how they've no long senior without a game? Because they've no year. Leinster Championship, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And, mm. and the Camogie is the same. I just couldn't understand that. Like, again, if we're going to have leagues, semi-finals are very often brilliant games, particularly yeah, league brilliant. semi-finals, because they're not, people don't get quite as nervous about them as championships, I think, and they're always kind of, there's yeah. always something in and them. And it's nice weather and everything. Yeah, right. You know, it's nearly nice. summer football, basically. Yeah. So. And what about and the Camogie then? <laughs> yeah, it's the same. So, yeah, it's just going to be straight finals. Um, I don't know, I think probably the shocking result that I've heard so far anyway. Yeah. Which one? Kenny were beat by Clare. Yeah, Clare beat Kilkenny, which yeah. is an amazing result. Yeah. Amazing result. It's great to see it. I do feel for Kilkenny, though, just after the few years, the All-Ireland yeah. stuff. and. But it's early on in the year, in obviously. Yeah. They're without a lot of players at the without moment. Without a lot of players, and are. obviously the management is... Yeah, they've slightly changed the year. management as well. well yeah. A huge win for Clare. Like, huge Jesus. win. Brilliant. It's great for the game. Yeah. I, lo- I love seeing that like early on. 
Um, and obviously, so Kenny are without Anne Downey now this year, so that's yeah. a, a new magic. Well, mm. um, and and in fact, I mean, there, there's not that change because was involved he was last involved year, last year. Dylan, yeah. The one that the one thing that I think is, I think Claire have lost players this year as well. So like, that's a huge result for them Absolutely. as well. Do you know? And, and like, by, all, by all accounts, anything I've seen from the game. Um, it feels like they did really deserve it. Yeah, you know, they yeah, it was, out yeah, 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 they absolutely Kenny, I think, did. had their chance come the yeah. end, but but Claire held on. So, you know, that's brilliant for the game. And then, obviously, then you look at Cork, uh, they're kind of waiting on a few girls they're to come back too. To but then Ashton Thompson's back in the fold this year. Huge yeah. factor. Massive. Huge Even factor. for the game as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, it's she a was lot missed, of talk. She was missed physically. She, her presence last year oh, was hugely missed. Oh, that semi-final, she would have bossed absolutely. it. Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And I think she's a big factor. People weren't saying it at the time. But she's stepped away last year and I think definitely you could see there was a problem with them just in terms of she is physically drives that midfield mm-hmm. there for them um, the new rules have come in we, again one of the problems you have is we're trying to watch it on streaming we don't have a lot of you know live coverage of women's team sport at the moment but um, something has struck you already Ashling. yeah like from your own point of view even. yeah I suppose we went back training there about two weeks ago you on should the tell us where you played so it's Rotote <laughs> County Mead <laughs> so yeah we went out back training and a lot of the girls play county. I think we've about five county mm-hmm. girls all together. In Camogie. In Camogie, yeah. And um, yeah, it was funny because we just went straight into a game. We were just easing back in. We've been doing strength and conditioning for the last few weeks. And it was gas because all the county girls came back and were, you know, going in hard, yeah. you know, delight with the new rules and <laughs> not dropping the hurley, not hand-passing the goal. And sure they were shouting at our players, then the rest of the club girls saying, what do you do when you can't hand-pass the goal? And we were all over the place. Everything was all <laughs> we over like, the shop. Hold on a minute, and then some of the younger girls thought that the rules were in for the club too. This is totally and they were cute. shouting at them. So we were like, if anybody's watching and doesn't understand <laughs> what's going on here, Camogie yeah. has introduced a load of new rules this year at the players' request, really. And yeah. you know, they canvas long and wide. We have, if you go into our archive, you'll find we have a program actually, one full episode on the new rules, why they've come in, including the people who brought them in, came in, and we had a great discussion on them, why they've been brought in. But they're only they're only been experimented in the League. women's national league, right? So it doesn't, and and then they'll go for the summer. So they'll go again for the championship, technically, because they have to come in at the next congress. Um, they don't apply to club, but I've seen loads of people online saying, "Do they apply to club? Yeah, and can yeah. we use it with club?" So you actually physically have seen what happens. It here. was a, a mess. Like we didn't know what was going on. Then obviously you have the girls that are playing <laughs> the county, and they were like. Hold on a minute. We've been doing weeks of these new rules. How am I meant to go out in the club game next it's week? It's very hard to these rules. Yeah. And you know, it really must affect them even with county. Yeah. Then they're coming back to our training and doing our rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really so interesting yeah. too. Um, obviously, the fact they're only in for the league. Like, will teams go full hog and yeah. you know go by the book for the league, or will they just you know play? All, like the way they've always Play the way they've always they're because when the it comes to championship yeah. they're going to have to go back to the other way mm-hmm. it happens in the men this happens in the men's yeah. game as well but I don't think it affects club as much because I think inter-county men don't play for their clubs that much in reality is they play for their clubs yeah. very when little whereas over, women go back into their clubs a lot they're in and out between both clubs yeah, but they brought yeah. the mark and that into the club setup yeah. for the men yeah yeah so yeah, that's true. yeah so you know they're, they're sort of it's going to be interesting um, it is interesting yeah. so you have physical physical proof on your body well, I'm loving the new rules. I love going hard the ball. <laughs> you just want to get stuck yeah. in there, Ashley. That's hilarious. Well, hopefully they bring them in for the club. That's the hope, anyway. Yeah, yeah. We had. I mean, if people are interested in this, you really, it is worthwhile going back into our archive. The one I think it was one of the last ones we did before Christmas on the new Kaboga rules, because we had we had we had a really interesting discussion because some people 
some really experienced camogie players don't like the new increased contact rule because of the club thing because they say if they bring it in you're going to have young girls who play senior club and physically they could get you know badly hit or, or a lot you know get hit a lot harder than they're getting hit at the moment so there is a big debate going on about it but that's great I think yeah. innovation debate let's try it why not let's see yeah. where it takes the, like the physicality care. one's a weird one because like you know it comes down to the referee's opinion like how yeah. do you the, measure the contact rule is, is what I'm trying to get yeah, the, the phrase one, um, yeah. what is it it's something like um it's basically minimum, minimal, minimal yeah, minimal, yeah, yeah, minimal contact, mm-hmm. yeah, or reasonable contact, something or something. Like it's that. up to the referee to interpret it. It's to their discretion, Which, yeah, basically. Let's see it. how that works as well. <laughs> Ashling Thompson won't mind me saying. I think it'll be interesting to see her interpretation <laughs> yeah. of minimal contact. But it, loads of players are going to be interested with Absolutely. it because, and we know at senior inter county level, of course, you push it right to the edge. That's what you're yeah. there. That's yeah, why. You're that's not what makes you an inter county player. Anyone yeah. I've spoken to, any of the county girls I've spoken to are buzzing about them like yeah. they're they buzzing do. about that physicality <laughs> one anyway yeah, I talked to Katie Powers well and she was yeah. in Kilkenny and she was saying they, she's out injured at the moment but she was saying they, all the players loved them mm. more increased because she said physically they're training exactly. for this yeah, and they the want time. the game to be exactly like hurling yeah so. yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah. Then that's don't even get a start of that debate <laughs> <laughs> women's hurling as I call it and then people uh, bring, in, bring in and give out to me um, yeah and we have people down obviously we've done also as I said our last episode was on the women's AFL in Australia and you keep an eye on that all the time Emma and our governors as well um, but there, it's interesting we have we have players who would be from less well known counties here who are doing well down Absolutely. there already that's it yeah and I suppose one thing that we're seeing this year is a lot of the girls who have been down there last season as well they're really coming through this year Ashley McCarthy Ashley has McCarthy been from phenomenal from she's Dick played Rary. really well yeah. um, Ailish Considine again has been brilliant she's been kicking goals uh, won, who won an AFLW exactly. last year yeah. Sarah Rowe was brilliant at the weekend with Collingwood um, Ashley Cora Staunton is back and scored her oh, first did she fire, score yeah, yeah, yeah she seemed to be playing well because she had that awful Picked leg break her first goal yeah, yeah I think it was yeah. Four places she broke the leg in, possibly more. Yeah, it was, it was horrendous um, leg break. Yeah, yeah, insane recovery from yeah. that. So um, you on the forty-two, you're giving a kind of an up. You're giving a roundup every weekend. Yeah, so we try well. to do anyway, kind of just give a roundup on the the Sunday, or the Monday, just of everything that happened over the Great. weekend. Because um, I think people will be interested yeah, in seeing how they yeah. get on down there. Like we know, we knew the people. There was five of them last year, but there's such a yeah, there's eighteen this year and yeah, well, seventeen I suppose. Anya Tig from Leitrim that's injured. did her cruciate yeah, again. That's so Unfortunately, right, she's sad. out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the others are are flying the flag anyway. So far, there's been some injuries. Sinead Goldrick actually got concussed. She did. I noticed that last weekend. Yeah. Sarah Fitzpatrick from down as well. She got a terrible hit to the head, a concussion yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. She, she took a heavy one. Um, but I'd say she'll be back in the mix now for the next round. So yeah, it's it's interesting to keep an eye. The one thing though, it's over and like you know you have to stay up to watch the game. Yeah. But there's plenty of clips up on Twitter and there everything. There is, so. and if you go into the clubs as well, they nearly mm. always have some kind of highlight reels as well of, of their own games. So they're all worth interesting. Um, before we finish up, we always like to do a thing called Hero of the Bench. We like to just pick out somebody that for us is kind of has done something exceptional or heroic in, in the last few weeks. So I'm going to ask you for your nominees. I'll start with you, Ashley. Yep, so I picked um, the MMA fighter Leah McCourt. Tell yeah. us about her. Yeah, so basically she uh, made history last game by becoming the first female MMA fighter to headline Bellator. So uh, she also won. In Dublin. Yeah, in yeah. Dublin. So she just always speaks that she's a single man from a council flat in Belfast and just to headline an event like that and to win it. Yeah. Um, she also, coming up to the fight, she was obviously had to get her way in and she was just over as was coming to the official weigh-in. 
So uh, she just was telling a story about basically, you know, it was all drastic measures now. She was like, mm. you know, in the bath, get, then she, they had to wrap her, then she was on the treadmill, trying anything they could. Boxers, jockeys, yeah. boxers, jockeys and MMA Ex fighters. Yeah, all go through all these in the saunas, yeah. yeah. So nothing seemed to be working for her, just her body just stopped, like, losing the water and she just didn't know what to do and it was coming really close to like a few hours before it and they just said she got on the scales and I think it was 0.8 she was over and she said right just cut my hair like cut my hair off oh my no god way. Yes. no way no way oh had, my god <laughs> she had hair extensions and they just she said she just ran into the bathroom and all her team started cutting her hair off she said she was running back onto the treadmill running back out and they were like cutting her hair she had like a five minutes to go oh my god that's and she amazing got on the scales and she made I think wow. it was one 46 they have to be. Oh, um, yeah, so I just thought like, well, wow. she was in the ring then with her daughter at the end and just thought it was an amazing story, yeah. Oh, that is incredible. Brilliant. Fair dues to her. That yeah. is unbelievable. Talk Very about good. going to extreme yeah. measures. There was no moo there, <laughs> was there? <laughs> wow, oh, that was great. Good, good story. Well yeah. done. Emma, what about you? Um, I don't think my hero at the bench now had to go to as extreme measures <laughs> as that. Well, I hope she didn't. Um, I'm going to go with Ireland and Brighton striker Rihanna Jarrett. Yeah. Um, scored. Excellent. Has sat right there with us as well. Yes. Yeah, she was in here for our World Cup preview last year, Rihanna. Absolutely, yeah. So great analyst as well as a great player. Unbelievable, yeah. So Rihanna um, has obviously made the the move to women's Super League outfit Brighton and Hove Albion after just being unbelievable for Wexford all around over yeah. the past while. Yeah. Um, I suppose her rise has been absolutely phenomenal. She suffered three cruciate injuries. Three cruciate um, by She's the age of gone through oh, her She's her. had a few other niggly ones too, but. Yeah. You know, Jesus, her, what she's done over the past few months even has been incredible. She's got herself into serious shape while working full time in Wexford. Yeah. Um, so she moved to Brighton and I got her PT. first, was it, she just got her first um, goal. Scored two goals on her two debut goals. last night. Oh, fantastic. Which is unbelievable. Fantastic. And she's been kind of really establish herself as a big player on the Ireland women's team. Oh, she's Europe been brilliant she for the Irish women's team. Yeah. Her first goal against, I think it was against Ukraine. She was fantastic. And player of the match performance in Tallaght. So, yeah. yeah, I'd say she'll be one to watch now. These well, two look qualifiers at Particularly up. because she has come back from the three cruises. Mm -hmm. And we know, as we say, that, that they're more common in females athletes. Um, and we, we had her here and she told us the great yeah. story of Megan Rapino um, actually sending her an email the when email. she, uh, somebody told Reagan, Megan Rapino about her and the fact that she'd had the three cruises as well. And this is before Megan Rapinoe you know, took off last summer. Yeah. But Megan Rapinoe actually emailed her and she has an email from at the time. Really, yeah. really, oh, really lovely, very cool yeah, story. Yeah. yeah. She had a yeah. fairly impressive debut now over oh, there. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. OK, well, um, they're all very different. My mm. uh, my hero of the bench in the last few weeks is Emer Considine, oh, who um, has adapted to playing fullback for the Irish rugby team this year. Um, her sister plays full time AFL at the moment. Um, but her story, the story that she revealed, um, and it's part of a new Irish rugby tackle your feelings um, uh, campaign, which I never knew. And I'd interviewed oh. her many times. And I think lots of people had was that that when when she was fourteen and Ash, uh, Ailish was 13. thirteen, they went for a walk on the beach in Lahinch with their father, and he had a heart attack and died. And she'd never ever yeah. revealed that to anybody before. And so she was talking about about you know how how she didn't want to be defined by it and she said she didn't want people to think that That's that was she why got she got into years. sport but um so she'd never talked about it before but she oh talked so honestly about it it was yeah she was brilliant. wasn't she amazing and she kind of spoke about i suppose how it 
nearly hit her harder later in life and yeah. you know burnout kind of was a big issue for her yeah it was a few yeah. years back so i thought that was interesting and too. she's a player who took up took up rugby very late i mean they were yeah. both dual players for claire brilliant dual yeah. players for claire so she's really adapted very quickly yeah, to her sport. i think because she, she went into the seven setup and then That's right, yeah. i think she played her first six nations game she'd only played like two games of That's 15s right. rugby yeah. beforehand yeah. or something yeah. or three games uh, intervals. she has adapted very quickly to yeah. 15s and and her reading of the of of ga even being a you sweeper see, in Kogi yeah. she says it helps her a bit but I just thought it was incredibly brave absolutely uh, it was also incredibly incredible not to have ever talked about it before and yeah. now to be so honest about it and um, uh, she she's a teacher and is they, this is a they've started this program in schools as well um, particularly for second level um, kind of for senior cycle uh, pupils she said there's a lot about wellness and minding yourself in junior cycle in schools but not so much at mm-hmm. senior level where it's really important and so this tackle your feelings is a new project and even if you're a teacher out there or a coach you might want to look at it and see what the resource materials are um, and to see can you use it with your teams there's an app actually I don't there's know an app the really app is really amazing yeah. the app, uh, it's very interactive she said very easy to use Absolutely. as well yeah so well done to her for her for her um her her honesty and, and as I said for driving that sort of side of it as well uh, so three really worthy heroes of the bench mm-hmm. this week and so different yeah which is what's <laughs> so amazing about women's sport one is that um it there's so many human stories in it because they're trying to combine so much of their lives their with lives elite with it, sport yeah. and also because we don't know the stories that's an amazing story I yeah, think I think we'll I think we'll have to give it to I think so I think <laughs> we'll have to give it to, to, to um, she's yeah. tell Leah's again is she she's Belfast isn't she's she? Belfast yeah, yeah. so um, yes yeah, I've never mom. seen her fight she's an incredible athlete she oh, looks incredible. like such an athlete yeah she she just talks about growing up and she just it was just her and her sisters and her dad just always wanted them to be able to stick up for themselves mm-hmm. and. Yeah, so he got them into, I think it was judo they started with. And yeah, she she was the only one that pushed on and really, you know, got into the MMA. And I'm sure and she's all, right, all over social. I know I've seen yeah, this. She's the, everywhere the, now. Yeah, the MMA stuff yeah. wasn't social. We'll have so to get that story it. out more though. Yeah, I don't yeah, think anyone's heard it. That yeah. is incredible. That is absolutely amazing. Oh, no. Well, look, before we finish, um, thanks a million to Emma and Ashley for coming in. As I said, this is our first panel and we're going to have every second one this year we're going to do panels. And there's always so much for us to talk about. It's yeah. just brilliant. We never, we're never short of material. Um, two things that have caught our eye that we want to say before we go. Um, one thing is Railway Union Rugby club um, who are really strong on equality and fighting for equal rights for female uh, players they have something coming up on April the 4th that saved the date and it is um, they want to have a record crowd for a women's rugby club game in Ireland they're playing Suttonians on April the 8th they have a big event you can go in and buy tickets for it on Eventbrite I've got one already even if I don't go I bought the ticket because it's well worth supporting um, so it there it's uh, the hashtag for it I think has changed the game so uh, April the 4th is this game they're trying to get a huge crowd down to their home ground and make a record there and there's going to be a big family day face painting all the rest so that's one worth putting in your diaries and also just to let you know that Barbie manufacturers Mattel are just about to produce a new range of dolls and they're uh, Olympic dolls Um, so they've they've improved in recent years they have gone more multiracial they have dolls with disabilities and wheelchair dolls and so now they're producing uh, five new dolls and they're special because they are for the new sports in Mm -hmm. uh, Tokyo so Presumably, then we're going to have a doll that surfs, a doll that oh. is uh, is um, uh, what else is in it? I think surfing is one definitely. Um, 
Baseball is another one. Skateboarding is yeah. another one. Mm-hmm. So if you know anybody who's got sporty girls and uh, wee dolls, wee doll people. No, 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 I have to no. go. Not going to lie. No. Never had one. <laughs> None at no. all. No, I no. never. No, no Barbies or anything. No, I'm I'm trying. Yeah. yeah, well, I confess. Later yeah, later yeah. yeah. I, I was the same and I used to pull the heads off my sister's dolls. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I always say it, it, just because you're sporty doesn't mean you, you your kids couldn't play with dolls. I know. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that's the thing too. People always go, oh, you know, you shouldn't buy, uh, you know, you should only be buying uh, footballs for your girls, you know, but you can, you can do both. They can do yeah, both. Can do whatever you want to do. So so have a look. They're not out yet, but if you if your children are into sport and dolls, you can buy sporty dolls. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, thanks a million to uh, you two for coming in. Thanks a million. That was a great chat. And we will be back with you soon. Um, you can find all our previous episodes on iTunes or if you go into offtheball.com, you'll find their podcast link and our series link for Off The Bench is in there. So until the next time, thanks for listening and enjoy your sport. Off the ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.